When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Come on, Clinton. You want to try this? It's just, it's a phenomenal release of energy. Here, watch. Listen, listen. I don't really want to do anything that involves you using the word release, if we're being honest. But I do like hearing you sing because that's apparently a big deal. Um, how are you today, sir? I am really well. I saw you earlier today on Twitter say you got a big day coming up with three shows. I'm going to assume this is one of them. This is I the third you, show, yes. Okay. I saw you on Around the Horn earlier today looking on, very sharp. I was on Debatable before that. Thank you. Debatable? Yes. That is the show that is sort of the the current phase of what was highly questionable. It's now Debatable, where we basically uh, get on the internet and we just talk about random stuff. Shouts to Charlie Kravitz, the producer of the show. He's great. All right, so this is your third broadcast yes. today. Correct. Yeah. So I'm I'm happy about that. How you feeling? You got energy? I got energy. I got a uh, I got a cherry coke. There's so many things going on around the office. I got a cherry coke earlier today, thankfully because of Jorge, because I broke the coke machine. Apparently, he knows how to use it. I don't. So I've got my liquids. I got my fuels. I'm ready to go. But I had a tough incident last night. Maybe not tough incident. I want to overplay this, but I want to get your opinion on this, Scott. Okay. So I went to the Clippers game with Julian and the crew. You know Julian. You've met him. Friend of the program. Friend of mine. Consigliere to my life. You ain't got no problem, Jules. No problems. So we go to the exit over by, or to the entrance over by Hyde. And three of my friends walk in, including Julian, and I take my coat off. I take my stuff off. I've got a belt on. And the guy's like, yo. I I said, it's probably my belt that's setting off the thing. He goes, take it off. I was like, uh, why do I need to take my belt off? We're not at the airport. Like, you can see what it is. Why don't you just wand me? Nah, you've been here plenty of times before. Why don't you take that thing off? I was like, uh, okay, dude. Like, what's happening here? It's just a Clippers game. Like, why are you so in my face? And at this point, Julian's upset. He's like, my man, are you TSA? What are we doing? He was defending me, and I appreciated that. At that point, a guy who had clearly been working there for 30-odd years or however long the Staples Center was open before it was crypto, he walks by, he goes, I ain't never seen nobody treated like that in this place. And I was just kind of like, thank you, brother. You know what I'm saying? And dude was like, you could have just taken the belt buckle off. I'm like, you could have just wanted me. What are we doing here? So the Clipper game got off to an awkward start, and I didn't really appreciate that. Have you ever had to disrobe to go into the Staples Center or crypto? Scott Kaplan. I have not. Um, I am surprised to hear this. Yeah, it was weird. Wow. So so ultimately, you did or did not take the belt off? I did take the belt off because I wasn't going to cause a scene right there in front of everybody. It's not that big of a deal for me to take off my belt. I do this all the time at airports. But, like, it was weird because felt, it felt like he was singling me out. And he literally said multiple times, you've been here a lot. You know the drill? And I was like, there's no drill, buddy. Like, what is going on? So I think he was new, was having one of those weird power flexes. But it was an awkward beginning to an otherwise fun night. Just yeah. wanted to say that. Yeah, no, no, it's okay. It's it's interesting because, um, you know, like on one hand, you don't really want to cause a scene, right? Right. Because let's face it, you are, after all, television. <laughs> no, and I mean that kindly. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not a scene causer in general. It was just very odd. No, but I think that when, when a gentleman says to you, a security person says, well, you've been here a bunch, 
How does he know? Yeah, right. <laughs> Has he seen you there a lot? It was odd. It was very odd. So, and you just feel like he was singling you out for what I don't know. Many I, reasons. I, yeah, who knows? But I mean, it was. Maybe it was, he was trying to big time you, Clinton. Like he was like, "Oh, this is television's Clinton perhaps, Gates. He that, thinks right. he can just walk in here and do whatever he wants." <laughs> that I'm gonna make an mind. example out of him. That crossed my mind. You know what else crossed my mind? Hateration. Leaving, leaving the belt in the bucket and just moving on, giving <laughs> it to him and depositing that. But that would have been petty, and that would have been weird. You're like, but, you want me to sign it, buddy? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you can keep that. But I'm not that kind of a person. But yeah, well, it was not a great start. Did you consider this, Clinton? Perhaps this is a gentleman who at one time applied <laughs> to get into the handsome man community. This guy wouldn't have made it past the front door. See, therein <laughs> lies the issue. You know what I mean? I'm being silly. I don't even remember what he looked like, to be honest. No, but it was, it was a weird night. But the point is, the Clippers looked good last night. I know you hate the Clippers. I know everybody hates the Clippers. But mm. might be the only professional basketball team in it's the playoffs. Not, Just say it. Just say it. You know what? For me, it's not that I hate the Clippers. It's that I don't pay attention to the Clippers. So it's not out That's of fair. hatred. It's just like, okay, I'm focused in on the Lakers and whoever the Lakers are playing and whatever the storyline is around the Lakers, and I just don't really pay that much attention to the Clippers. But I must say that I've thought this whole time that if Anthony Davis gets healthy and comes back, I'm thinking, well, what's he going to be? You know, what kind of yeah. conditions is he going to be in? What kind of basketball shape will he be in? And I don't really have high expectations that if Anthony Davis came back that he'd be able to do anything, you know, in the short term. But yet, when you look at a guy like Paul George last night, he hadn't played since, I think it was before Christmas, and the guy just went out and, and went crazy last night. So maybe if you are a big-time baller, superstar NBA player, maybe you can come back after three months and just go out and have a nearly 40-point performance. I think so, but I don't put AD on that list. You know what I'm saying? Paul George has been through multiple big-time injuries. Let's not forget the reason he's out here to begin with is because he popped his leg viciously playing for Team USA. That ended up being why, not why, but he ended up leaving the Pacers after that. He's a guy that I think is of a different sort of mind and body when it comes to rehabbing. But also, I just think that, like, I don't know, man. I, I, this is such awkward times for the Lakers. You said you mentioned on around the, you saw one around the horn earlier today. What I said was, if you were making a documentary or feature film, whatever, about this team, it would be called Losing Time. And that's not even a joke because the way that this has gone downhill from what it was and what expectations were is abhorrent. And I think that there's no way around that now. You saw the incident. Incident's an overstatement. You saw the exchange that Westbrook had last night in terms of talking about what it's going to take to win Championship or bust, we've talked about this before. This is what bust looks like. And people ask, should AB, AD, and LeBron shut it down? I told y'all a month ago they should shut it down. And you know why? It's because you didn't want to get to this point of the season where not only are you losing, but you're embarrassing yourselves in front of each other at the same time. No yeah. bueno, Scott. Yeah, yeah. You listen, I think it's a really interesting question, at least today. You brought it up in the past, but as the season has progressed and have the losses have piled up, and you look at the record right now, which is like 31 and 44, you think this to yourself, at least this is what I think. Okay, LeBron's got a knee problem. LeBron's got an ankle problem. AD's got a knee problem along with a bunch of, a bunch of other ailments that his body has suffered over the last couple of seasons. There's seven regular season games to go. They've got a very tough schedule. They're now in the 11th spot. If I'm the Lakers, I got to think that I would just be saying to LeBron, dude, it's cool, man. You're good. Let's have a really long extended offseason. Yeah. Let everybody else put miles on the tread, and let's let's focus on our bodies for next year. And I wonder, because it's already been announced that LeBron and AD will not play tomorrow, if that's the, the organization, if that's the individual players, 
if they're thinking let's shut it down, but let's just kind of you know say it's an injury, which we understand that these guys have they've been hurt. Right. But at this moment, I would rather them just shut it down. Where you don't think they're going anywhere, they don't think they're going anywhere. So why get into the play-in, lose, get bounced, and get even more humiliated? Just write it off to this has been a tragically brutal, terrible season, and it's got to come to an end as soon as possible. Totally agree, and part of that, too, is not just for the shame PR element, Scott. It's a real deal man management situation in terms of your roster. You need AD and LeBron at their best, obviously. You know what I'm saying? When LeBron was asked what could actually help this team, what would help his injuries, he said, rest. He said it himself. I'm not saying that this is tanking or anything like that. No, this is just smart basketball in terms of realistic expectations. The Lakers should not even be in the play-in discussion. Teams that far away from the other eight teams should not even be a part of it. That's a separate matter in terms of the way that the schedule is set up. So, like, there's no shame in saying, you know what, if it weren't for this ridiculous play-in system to begin with, we probably wouldn't even be talking about this, and shutting it down would make sense. You know what I'm saying? In the bubble, if you weren't four games away from that seven team, you weren't in the play-in. Now, anybody who's 8 and 9 is or whatever, 9 and 10 is in the play-in, that math doesn't even add up. It doesn't make sense. It's a literal limbo that if you're being smart as an organization, you recognize your place in that and you try to make sure you're doing forward, doing well going forward. Yep. I mean, if you're New Orleans at 9 and you're San Antonio at 10 right now, um, you're going to play because they're telling you you've achieved this and you have to go play these games. But chances are teams like that don't feel like they're really going anywhere. Could somebody go on some kind of a crazy run? Maybe. Mm. Are they? I, I doubt the Clippers it, maybe, if we're being honest. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like They could beat somebody, perhaps. I don't think that they will, but I think they can get out of the play-in for sure. Well, that's why I mentioned New Orleans and San Antonio. I didn't go near right. the Clippers <laughs> because, seriously, who knows? They might go on some kind of a run. But if you're the Lakers... You're not a 9 or a 10 just barely trying to claw your way in. And by the way, here's another thing. This stat's out there. The Lakers haven't won back-to-back games dating back to early January. January. Right, so what's the likelihood that they're going to be able to do it here? None, as far as I'm concerned. I just don't see it happening. And, I mean, listen, I know it stinks, Lakers fans. I know that admitting that it's not part of the situation to be making a title run is not something you want to do. But, I mean, you got to be smarter than that if you're a fan. You got to understand what's happening in front of you, Laura. As a fan, and I've said this before, it's like I know they're not going anywhere. I know that. And it, it no matter how loyal you are and how much hope you want to have, at this point you're delusional. I yeah. mean, you really are. And and for me it's like even yesterday, I worked the game. I'm like, man, I wish I couldn't be seeing this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> They're unwatchable. Like, so bad. Momo said that two weeks ago. So bad. Unwatchable. And that's just a function of everything that's gone wrong. It's okay to admit that, Cap. They were getting so destroyed at the end of the first quarter that I was like, okay, I'm going to set my alarm for when I think the game is going to end <laughs> so that I can watch the post game and listen to James Worthy. And then I can listen to the post-game press conferences. Sweet, yeah. Because there's there's nobody who's making some giant comeback after the end of this first quarter. So let me throw it out to everybody. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Do you agree that the Lakers should shut it down and just call it the season? Or maybe you're thinking, no, you don't do that. You play till the end. You battle till the end. You try to make it into the postseason. You try to make a run. You don't just bow out of this thing. Maybe yeah. people disagree with us, Clinton. I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying, I told you all a month ago that you shut this thing down because it wasn't going to get better. And everybody kept saying, oh, you never know. AD's going to come back. Oh, this, that, and the third. Ain't none of that happened. Your boy had it right.
All right. Let's uh, let's see what everybody thinks. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Clinton Yates, the big CY, is in for Sedano. This is Sedano and Cap, and we're just getting rolling. It's Wednesday afternoon here on 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. I have a feeling you know every single lyric to this song. Um, I don't so know every hard. single lyric. Oh my you? God. I know a few. And two high is, feet. I love MC Hammer. Yeah, he's a great dancer. He was a baseball player when he was a kid. So probably Clinton about 15 years ago or so. Eh, maybe it wasn't that long ago. Maybe 10 years ago or so. Mm-hmm. Um, MC Hammer comes walking into my radio studio one day. Sure. Friend of a friend. So he comes walking in, sits down, hangs out. Wow. So we start chatting and talking, and I'm, like, Googling while I'm talking to him. I'm like, yo, MC, um, tell me this. MC. I'm like, uh, you addressed yeah. him as MC? Well, I didn't know if I should call him by his first name or I should call him Hammer, his Mr. Hammer. His first name Hammer. is Stanley, right? I don't recall. I believe so. <laughs> you would know that, Clinton. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> am I right? Is it, oh, is it Stanley? Anyway, go ahead. So I asked him, I said, hey, tell me about this uh, this bankruptcy you went through. Because, you know, we as... Um, you know, I would call us normal people. We look at somebody like that, all these hit records, these great videos, you know, selling out concerts. We just assume that they're loaded for life. And man, he went into a whole thing about bankruptcy and business and people feeding off of them. And when we went to a commercial break, he said to me, he goes, dude, he goes, I've never talked to anybody about that. And I was like, wow, sorry. You know, I didn't mean to bring it up, man. I just was, was Googling stuff as we were talking, you know? And uh, we wound up creating a nice relationship to the point where we became like buddies where, like, I was in New York one day, and he was doing a concert at Central Park, and I texted him, like, yo, I'm in town. Can I come over? He's like, yeah, come on over. Come back. Stay. Really? And I was like, and, and the thing is, I was, I was telling people, I was bragging to people. I'm like, you know, I'm friends with MC Hammer. You know? Oh, right. Okay. So right. What, how much has that gotten you? How far has that gotten you? Well, well that, do you show up exactly. in, Do you show up in Oakland talking about you're friends with MC Hammer? How does that No, happen? I didn't. But here's the thing. It was like. 25 years too late to be friends with MC Hammer. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I wanted to be friends with MC Hammer in the mid-90s when, you know, we were doing Too Legit to Quit. That's when I wanted to be MC Hammer's boy. But instead, right. you know, it was like uh, 25 years after the fact. Yeah, well, that's, you know, that's that happens. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So yeah. I, I want to address something that was said in the intro. Broth, neck broth, making your, making your broth pop, turkey necks. That is exactly correct, by the way. I love throwing a turkey neck into something in order to get that flavor moving. That was perfect, Morales. Thank you. I um I can't really think of ever using a turkey neck or a chicken neck ever. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Our households are a little different than one another, Scott. So now you know why. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if the I don't know if the turkey neck is kosher. I that's don't know. The, the, <laughs> I'm not really sure. <laughs> not really sure, but yeah, no, that's that's the deal. That's the deal. A lot of turkey necks in this household. Yeah. Hey, um. All right. Listen. So we asked the question just to get started which was, do you think the Lakers should shut it down? Now, Clinton, you've, you've been making this case for the last probably month or so, mm-hmm. and every time you were making this case, most of us were like, you know, man, 
AD might come back. LeBron's on fire. Don't give up on the season. Who knows what happens in a seven-game series? But I have come around to your way of thinking. LeBron's hurt. AD's been hurt. There's seven games remaining. You're 31-44. and 44. It's so obvious in watching the Lakers last night that without LeBron, they stand absolutely no chance. And the fact of the matter is, even when AD was playing, they weren't very good. So I've come to your 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 way of thinking. I think they should just shut it down right now. Well, I appreciate that. But here's the other thing, too, that is not discussed, which is, okay, LeBron played 15, 16 odd seasons in the NBA without ever truly getting hurt. The first time it happened to the point that he had to miss significant games is with the Lakers, his first season. The most accurate indicator of upcoming injury is previous injury. And I'm not saying that something is going to happen to LeBron. And I understand that he was chasing and he is chasing the scoring title at the oldest age possible by a lot. And that's something that's important to him. But that has to be in your calculus, which is don't mess up the few things you already have for nothing or rather just for the idea of pride when you don't really have a real chance. That's my actual biggest concern, is that something is going to get worse, not necessarily that it just won't pan out. And so when I see Braun going down on the court in what are effectively meaningless games outside of his own personal legacy, bruh, that is terrifying. And if I'm a Lakers fan, I'm thinking, let's just make sure we get into next season in one piece, or else we definitely don't have a chance once this thing starts back up. All right, let's see what everybody thinks here. Should the Lakers just shut it down right now? Should LeBron just sit AD, no sense in rushing back? Or you think the opposite, like, no, dude, you play till the end. You're a professional. you got to put on a show. you got to put on a uniform. People are paying to come see you play. People are watching TV to see you play. you got to finish this thing off. Let's go to the phones. Here's Oscar checking in on Sedano and Cap with CY in for Sedano. Oscar, talk to us. What's going on? Hey, fellas, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, uh, uh, they got to shut it down. I would agree with you. Um, you can't risk LeBron getting hurt. Uh, AD, he's prone to injury. These guys start their offseason early, get uh, rehab. Uh, let Westbrook go out there and go on a tear. Let him put on some empty stat uh, numbers, show that he got something left in the tank, and maybe he's a uh, show for the trade or somewhere else where he still got something left. But, um, yeah, and real quick, too, Jeannie uh, Buss, got, she had the – the audacity whacked her brother, man. I hope she goes up there and does what she has to do up, upstairs. Because they, they, I, I blame the front office for all this, too, as well. So. Thanks for the phone call. Appreciate that. I mean, at some point, you have to stop. You know, the buck does stop with the team. I mean, I understand that LeBron is the one who orchestrated this and orchestrated that. But this is what we've been talking about for a long time. This is the Faustian agreement you enter with in when you're with LeBron James. That's just part of the territory. And if you're not going to be – allowing him to do what he chooses or sort of half in, half out. And I'm not saying that they didn't allow him to do what he chose in terms of Westbrook and him and AD. But at the trade deadline, they were like, nah, we're sticking with it. It's like, okay, that's fine. But, like, something's got to change or at some point you have to stand up and make a decision that probably somebody else isn't going to make. And I think that's what the Lakers have to figure out this offseason. Well, I think that the Lakers around the trade deadline came to a serious realization, which was, doesn't really matter what we do at the trade deadline. We need to completely revamp what's going on here. So why make a move now when this is not going to be our season? Here's Juice checking in on Sedano and Cap on 710 ESPN. Clinton Yates is in for Sedano. Talk to us, Juice. What do you got, man? What's going on, fellas? What's going on, everybody? Uh, real quick, uh, diehard Laker fan, but it's time for them to shut it down. Not only do they need to shut it down, they need to – it's time for the Lakers organization to detach themselves from clutch sports. You just mentioned you said about – you guys just said about the whole ordeal with 
uh, making a trade at the trade deadline. The only person they were talking about was John Wall. John Wall is another clutch guy. We have overpaid players that's from the clutch organization that where we cannot get people, and if you do not qualify up to LeBron's standards, then you either always on the trade block. That's sabotaging the, the, the Lakers organization. It's time for us not only to get rid of them, they need, we need to be able to trade AD and LeBron. AD ain't never played over 82 games in his whole career, and LeBron has a tendency to put people and get coaches fired. Vogel has did a great job in trying to manage who he has and what he do, and he don't have no defenders. We let all our defenders walk up out of the building. We paid THT. We let Caruso go. We brought Russ Brooks, who was the highest paid Laker, that's not producing. It's time for them to shut it down and to trade and see and rebuild the organization back up to championship status. I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all. Thanks for the phone call. The problem here is that guess who's the one who rebuilt and put everything back together for, to championship status to begin with? Oh, oh, wait, that, that was LeBron and Clutch. That's why this is such a catch-22, Scott, is because it's not like the Lakers were up here riding through the promised land. That's not what was going on at all. This franchise was literally in the worst place it had ever been in its history. And then LeBron came along. And so, sure, you can just say, we got to get back to this, we got to get back to that. Where was that? I ain't seen that in a minute before LeBron showed up. So that's, that's why this is such a difficult situation, because there's real actual capital in terms of what you get from a win standpoint with LeBron that wasn't there before he got there. It's not an easy decision, Scott. Yeah. Well, listen, I've said this a million times. They didn't just go out and get a ball player when they got LeBron James. They created a business partnership with LeBron James. And with LeBron James comes Clutch Sports. And with LeBron James comes his strong opinions about players and personnel and roster development and so on. So while you may say get rid of LeBron and AD and cut off the relationship to Clutch, what you're saying is I'm willing to go back to the beginning. And what you're saying is I trust the front office. Which is a different discussion. You see what I'm saying? And that's why this is so – I mean, I I feel – for a lot of Laker fans right now, because you have to make a decision. Is your loyalty sort of to the team? Is your loyalty to the franchise? Or is your loyalty to your best chance to win? And that's a really tricky thing to try to put together right now because of the circumstances they've got. They put themselves in. All right, here's a call from Ace checking in in West Hollywood. Ace, it's Sedano and Cap. Clinton Yates is in for Sedano. What do you say, man? I'm honestly with the first two callers, Oscar and Juice. Shout out to them. Um, this is ridiculous. We don't need to talk about shutting it down. From an, the effort standpoint, they've already shut down. These guys are pathetic. Uh, they don't hold up the Lakers' name whatsoever, and it's not on these guys who are second-unit guys that, are, that I'm blaming. It's LeBron and AB, and we know exactly who they are and what they're capable of. But they caught lightning in a bottle in – not, we don't want to say thanks to COVID because of anything, but because they played in a bubble and they got time to rest up, catch fire, and, and make a really great run at it. But ultimately, they're not our guys. They, we don't have assets in the future. If we win, Mem- I think it's Clinton, I, I believe you would know this, Memphis gets our picks. And if we lose, the Pelicans get our picks. Right. So, like, there's nothing to lose or play for. We're, I, I hate to plug Bill Simmons it, to the city of L.A. because it's, it's painful to, to listen to. But he went on a really good point today where we have no future and we've leveraged everything through 2028. And it's just, I don't really know what ownership is doing. And it's just pretty sad. Honestly. Grim I, is the word I you're looking usually, for. 
Excuse me? Grim is the word you're looking for. Grim. So. Grim. I mean, I, I travel for the Lakers every year, uh, literally to go on a road trip with my best friends. We've gone to Memphis, Boston, Phoenix, whatever. And I always set up what, what up to Ireland and MT. And, like, I'm not looking forward to the next five years of these trips. It's just, like, we even considered not going this year. We ended up doing a home game this year because we're like, this team is just not fun. Mm. This team is not our team. We don't. We just. We feel like we've been robbed, honestly. Okay, thanks for the phone call. I mean, that goes a bit far. I mean, like, I think, and again, this is when I mean he saved the franchise. I don't just mean like, I understand that there feels like there's no ownership over what led this team to the top, but I, I listen. I caution you guys once again. When the late great Kobe Bryant passed away, there was no better human being walking the globe to be leading this franchise on the court and off the court to make sure that that passed with some level of grace and some level of just generalized togetherness. You know what I'm saying? And, like, I I don't dismiss that. That's a part of this to me. He was here at a critical moment, never mind want to ring. Sure was in the bubble. Sure there was no parade. But, like, this could have gotten much much worse simply due to the circumstances of life and i think that there is some level of deference that the that the franchise has to show to him not just because he's lebron james because he was the guy that stewarded it when it was the darkest to potentially as light as it's been in a long time that's real to me yeah i feel you on that um all right listen hey if you want to jump in now's a great time 877-710-ESPN 877-710-3776 we've been asking the question should the Lakers just shut it down? I mean, after last night's pathetic performance, a loss of 128 to 110, by the way, they gave up 43 points in the first quarter. Do you think that LeBron should come back? Do you think AD should try and rush back? Or do you just think the Lakers ought to just shut it down, have an extended offseason, and then try and pick it up again next year? We'll get to your calls. Coming right back, Clinton Yates is in for Sedano, and this is Sedano and Cap on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Yeah, that's right. Happy birthday to the boss. Yeah, I sent her a text earlier today. I think I sent her a uh, message over the weekend because I saw her blowing out candles on a birthday cake with all of her people. And yeah. so happy birthday, boss Amanda. Yeah, happy day, Amanda. That's uh, that's always a fun one. Now, Clint, I wonder what it's mar- like to be a boss on a have a birthday. I have no context of this. It sucks. I mean, <laughs> I was. I mean, I wasn't like that kind of boss, right? right? Like I was a manager. 
and I was young. I was like 19, and I got my face plastered in a cake. Oh, that's so, no fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was Speaking like, of getting plastered, I have a question for you, Laura. <laughs> I oh, saw damn, your tweets. Okay. <laughs> I saw your tweets last night, and you were uh-huh. like, "You were like, I'm glad the Lakers game was played early, so that now I can go get my drink on." Yeah, I totally didn't go get. Well, I had a drink, you know, because you know I'm trying to be good. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a school night, as yeah, we like yeah, to say. Exactly. Yeah. Even though it's spring break, but you know. Oh well, there's that too. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I totally didn't get plastered anywhere. I'm trying to be an adult cap you know i moved out i'm trying to be responsible right. and stuff you don't gotta you don't gotta air it all out when you're coming yeah. home to yourself yeah. You know yeah. yeah i can feel you i but i was with you man i was so glad that this laker game was over early last night because i just wanted to get to the post-game press conferences i just wanted to hear Yo. you wanted well, to hear slee taking calls that's what that's what you you you, you pine for the for the tones of alan sleeve it's not just that. It's really more of the player press conferences. I couldn't wait to see what was going to happen yeah. with Russell Westbrook. And it did not disappoint, of course, because you know there's, there he is getting into it with an L.A. Times reporter who's trying to ask him questions. And then Russ goes back to him and says, no, you tell me. What is it you want from us? And you know, it's like, I would like to see you guys like win games. And Russ got frustrated and got up and wanted to walk out, and they were going at it. And then finally there was a bro hug at the end, which I like. You know, I mean, Yeah, they, they held it together, a... considering that could have gone much farther south, for right. sure. No doubt. And we'll, we'll get to it as the uh, afternoon goes on. And, Clinton, um, I just wanted to ask you, though, since it's Amanda Brown's birthday, our boss, yes. have you marked your calendar for the Mandy Awards? So, okay. Yes, I have. And I probably shouldn't be talking about this on air, but I might have an engagement that day that was pre-planned, but we'll see. But I'm really hoping that that can work itself out. So we're going to uh, keep our fingers crossed that the previous scheduling appointment I had works itself out. But go on and please tell folks about the Mandy's. Boy, I really want to press you on this. Like, what what is going on? That you? I mean, bring the whole party, whatever you have. Bring it to the man. Hold on. Listen, wait. If if Clinton's not going to be there and Michael Thompson's not going to be there, like, we need to like rethink this date. What day is it again? I ain't gonna be there. Really, Laura? Hold on. What's the date? I want to say June fourth. Yeah, there you go. June twenty fourth. It's a Friday. Twenty fourth. Yeah, it's a Friday. I actually might not because you guys are going to be on air. So oh, it's a Friday. Yeah. Oh, this is doable then. I'm supposed to be, technically, I'm supposed to be at a wedding in Nashville. Oh. But the wedding is not technically until the next day. So there's an outside chance. I mean, but I was supposed to be in Nashville that Friday. That's, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. You Good can't miss the me. wedding. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to miss the wedding, yeah. but the wedding's not until the next day. Oh, I, no, I know. I'm I saying, but I take overnights know. all the time. Yeah. So we'll see how, we'll Best. see how that goes. We'll see how that I goes. A, I have a wedding the next day myself, but it's in Temecula. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, okay, you know. drivable. Yeah. drivable. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going from the Mandy's. I'll stay overnight, and then I'll, I'll cruise down to Temecula, and I'll go to the wedding Listen, the next day. If the 710, ESPN 710 private jet wants to make it to I was going to say, you got, you got to make that, that George Sedano request and be like, yo, <laughs> let me fly in on the PJ, fly out for the wedding, and that, all is good. That might happen. I, that might be a time for me to try to flex that if I know somebody. If you know somebody. Who wants to give me one of the shares on your private jet thing, which is a real thing. I actually do know a guy who works for Why don't you jet talk company. to Joe Buck? I mean, I think Joe Buck and Troy Aikman now have access to the ESPN private jet that? fleet. Why not? How about that? You know? Yeah, we'll see. But so that's Talking where I'm supposed dudes. to be. And when I looked at that, I said, oh, dang, that actually conflicts. It's the one weekend in June that I'm doing something. But we'll see. We'll make it work. All right. Hey, let's go to the calls here because everybody's got an opinion. We asked this question earlier. Should the Lakers just shut it down? I mean, is this season so over with that it's not even worth going into the play-in? 
You're not going to win two straight games because you haven't since January 7th. You're taking a risk with LeBron and AD's health for next season. Should they just shut it down? Here's Keith checking in on Sedano and Cap with Clinton Yates in for Sedano. What do you say, Keith? Afternoon, gentlemen. Afternoon. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know what? Um, Clipper fan. And I'm just going to say that if the Clippers had, I mean, the Lakers had the Clippers' heart, they'd be the championship uh, this year. But after I'm going to say that, I'm going to say this. Actually, the Lakers should shut it down. And it's sad that they have to shut it down, but they truly don't have a choice in the matter when it comes down to, you know, what they're going to do. They really sold their soul to the devil when they went with uh, Clutch. And I just don't know how they're going to get out of it. They need to just be patient and just let the chips go because they can't do do anything else when it comes to tweaking the roster. Hey, 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 Brother Yates, I want to make a comment about uh, about the Academy Awards to you. I think you'll feel me when I say this Uh real quick. Okay, so... You know what it is. You go to the barbecue. You go to the family reunion. You go to the picnic. There's always one cousin relative that's got to try to be funny and talk mess. You know how it is. You got to handle that business. It's sad that is that that it got exposed to all of America. But that's we all we've all seen that before, brother Yates. Yeah. We? No. I mean, listen. Um, offsetting penalties, second down. It's too bad it happened on such a big stage, but big stage. But I agree with you. I mean, that's pretty much yeah. what it is to me. You know. Yeah, love you guys. Love you guys a lot. I listen to you every day, and uh, keep up the great work, man. Right. Much love back to you, Keith. Simple African-American proverb. Watch your mouth. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Go on. Moving right along. Back to the Lakers. I do want to talk to you about this because I did hear you talking some about this with Mason in Ireland prior to this. And, you know, there's now been stories that are being reported here this afternoon. Chris Rock shows up in Boston where he's going to do his first uh, show tomorrow night, and it's like... It's like a whole different world now around Chris Rock. I mean, the publicity. Are you doing a show tonight, like tonight oh. in Boston? Oh, it's tonight? I thought mm-hmm. it was tomorrow night. Oh, tonight. Okay. I'll be very interested to see how many black women are in the crowd, flatly, if you really want to know my stance on this matter. That's what we're talking about here. So just, just, just so you have an idea of where I'm coming from, I thought it was foul. I'm not one of these people that thinks that comedians have some glass case of whatever around them. You know what I'm saying? You said something about somebody and my man didn't like it, so he did something about it, and then he went back to his seat. Sometimes but the, but the, the other problems. story, though, is about Will Smith. I didn't know this, that the Academy apparently asked him to leave, and he refused. Not buying that. I'm not either. I mean, that is like <laughs> At all. that is total backpedaling by the right. Academy. I don't buy that for a second. All right, one more call. Let's sneak yep. one in. Here's Manuel in Gardenia, my brother, what is going on? Yeah. Is that how I do it, Cap? Ding, ding, ga, ding. Bing, ba, bing. Hey, real quick, When you get to the third one, just real quick, when you get to the third one. doing well. I love when your father, you know, when your father came on a few weeks back. That was a beautiful thing. Hey, um. As far as the Lakers, bro, so it's kind of, I got a two-prong answer for you, okay? I believe all us Laker fans shut it down a while ago because we've been seeing the writing on the wall. But I absolutely do not think LeBron can shut it down, nor AD. They owe the fans. I think that uh, Scott was on to something when he said, they're professionals, they signed up for this, They got to see it through, man. You know what I mean? As bad as this train wreck is, which it is, they have to be there 
front and center. So you're willing and to risk injury. You're willing to risk injury to LeBron, Raymond James, just for seven regular hey, season games? He's getting paid a king's ransom, as is AD. That's part of the game. Hey, man, MJ wouldn't do that. All right, Kobe okay. Kobe wouldn't do that. This is nothing. That's not related. We're not doing that, Okay. We're not doing that. I, 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 man, I, Manuel's I, doing that. I, I understand Manuel. I understand <laughs> that we oftentimes communicate at a middle school level. I'm not saying we got to take it to college. Let's just take it to high school, okay? Let's get out of that box. That's not what's going on right now, okay? What's going on right now is that this franchise has no options but to basically let LeBron do what they want. You know why? Because that's what happens when you get involved with Planet LeBron. Laker Nation met Planet LeBron and has thus been subsumed in the orbit. And that's too bad, but that's what you signed up for. And that's why it's so unfortunate because I understand. I feel you, Manuel. It's a tough spot. But, like, what if LeBron blows something out in, what, game 82? Is that really worth it for the long term of the Lakers? I don't think so, Scott. Well, let me ask you guys. If, if, the, if LeBron James never hoists another trophy, another championship trophy in a Laker uniform, Hasn't the job been done? I would agree. I, that, that's, that's kind of where I am, and that's a hard truth. I, I totally agree. Once again, the greatest player of a generation passed away tragically in the middle of a season and had to be dealt with, and you had the best leader in the NBA at the time, and it worked to a certain degree. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't, it's not just all dollars and cents, man. You know, and that's why I think this is very difficult. Sure, he might not be a real Laker with my air quotes here, but he's a real dude, and they still want a ring. And for dang near a decade before he showed up, it was curtains for this team. So just be realistic. I understand what people think is the standard, but don't come at me with this who would have, all these hyper, you know, just, hyperbolic, superlative hypotheticals. They're not there. Deal with what's real, please. Thank yeah, you. but you see, the thing is, is I think most of us look at LeBron James as being superhuman. We also look at him as when he's wearing a uniform, he's playing for a championship. And I think that it's hard for most people to think that, well, LeBron is going to either A, shut it down, or B, that the Lakers could be this bad around him. I mean, listen, I'm so naive, Clinton, that if, if you tell me that Tiger Woods is going to play in the Masters next week, I actually am going to tell you that I think he's got a chance to win. Sure. Now, 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 ridiculous, perhaps, but what I'm saying is that's Tiger Woods. That's LeBron James. People didn't expect LeBron James to show up in a Laker uniform and win one championship. They expected him to win a championship or at least compete for a championship literally every year, and it hasn't happened. And... It wasn't right. happening before LeBron got here either. That's oh, my I point. Realize that. Like, that's what reality why they, are we that's living why they in? got him. Yeah, and it worked. Look at that. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. What reality are we living in? Because if you're a Lakers fan, and I say this with all empathy, I'm a guy from D.C. who's rooted for a lot of bad teams. Don't tell me that you wouldn't know what it's like. Y'all ain't that old. I can hear it in your voices. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like these rings were coming through the door every other day. That just isn't real. You know what I mean? And so you've got to decide. Are you rooting for yourselves as fans, which is understandable, are you rooting for the guys on the team or are you rooting for the franchise to get it right? Because getting it right is going to take a lot longer than what people seem to think the machinations of any NBA team are. It's not that easy. Teams don't just say, hey, I want this guy, and then they show up. That's literally not how it works, even if you've convinced yourself that it is. 
<laughs> so for the sake of Laker fans being the good fans that you are, you should be rooting for the success of yourselves. And if you're rooting against people on your own team, you're not doing that. Hmm. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people actually that are that are considered or let me rephrase that. They consider themselves Laker fans who are actually rooting against the Lakers right now because they're this disgusted with this team. By the way, Manuel, just to finish this thought, when you get to bing, ding, 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 bing, ding, 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 when you get to the third one, that's when you got to hit the drums a little bit. Ding, 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 ding. I just wanted to point that out to you, Manuel. All right, listen, a lot of you guys are still on hold. You want to get on the air, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Clinton Yates is in the house. Clinton, we must go back to last week and review the whole romp him. Sure. Thing. We got to go back, and I know you've got a story to tell that you've not necessarily told. We got to get to it. Stick around, everybody. Clinton Yates is in for Sedano. This is Sedano and Cap on 710 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. I love Tracy Chapman. She is the best. Sidebar, it's definitely Dixon and Ticonderoga number two because I'm holding one in my hand right now because I hold one in my hand every single time I'm on television as well, so. So an actual number two pencil. Correct. You know what it is? Young broadcasters, pay attention. What it is, particularly in terms of television, it is a timing mechanism. So I twirl the pencil while I talk, and I know if I've twirled it too many times, I've been talking too long. Hmm. Yeah. Now, How many times is considered too long? Depends on the type of answer. If it's a A block answer, for lack of a better term, there's pretty much longer. If it's a C block answer, it's shorter. I know the timing in my head, but I just, you know, that's how I do it. Now, oh, okay. the Ticonderoga pencil. Chris put another word in front of Ticonderoga. What was he saying? Like four Ticonderoga? He was saying number two, and what that refers to is the hardness of the graphite. Yes, the number two pencil. Yeah, but right. that's number two pencil doesn't mean it's like the second in line. It just means that that's like listed as number two. Yeah. yeah. So you carry a pencil around with you, huh? Yeah, you just said you watched me on TV. I had it in my hand then. I did, but I didn't notice it. It's like my whole thing. I, that, that's back from the freaking Washington Post. I used to hmm. rock one in my ear, yeah. When was the last time you, do you, do you write at all? Because I, I find that I, I don't write, I type. And when I actually write something down on paper, I realize that oftentimes when I go back to read what I've written, because I write so infrequently, I can't read what I wrote. I, my, my handwriting now looks like I'm a doctor who's writing prescriptions. <laughs> well, that's funny you should ask, because I happen to have tremendous penmanship. I know that sounds braggadocious, but I do. So I write No, the- I was going to say you're one of the few like men that I know that have like really, really good penmanship, because I feel like that's not only is that like gone to the wayside these days, but I feel like most guys I know have terrible handwriting <laughs> skills. Well, the cool thing about that, Scott, is that to sort of bridge the old and the new, I got an iPad Pro recently. Mm-hmm. And I'm going through a phase now where I just like writing things down on it because I have an Apple Pencil. And, bro, it is yes. so fun. I use, like, the glow light um, font. Do you know you what I mean? Do you do the Nobility, the app? That thing is the game changer. I use a couple of different things. I just opened it. So, like, I had it for game months changer. and never opened it. So now Same. I'm, like, working with handwriting type stuff and, like, using notes. And I'm trying to go full 
iPad only as my operational setup. You know what I'm saying, Scott? You know how sometimes you go to a show and you're like, okay, I need my computer for this. Or you're doing something and you're like, I don't need my computer. I can just get away with my phone. I feel like I can get to the iPad plus keyboard. I bought one two days ago, and that can be my whole operation for when I come into the studio. Mm-hmm. I never use an iPad. I have them. I never use them. Um, and when I would go to do NFL football games, I would be on the sideline. I felt like such a jerk because you'd have somebody like a Michelle Tafoya who's got an iPad and she's got it all written. And she was using one of those stylus kind of pens like you're talking yep. about. And I show up with a legal pad and a, and a pen. You know, like I'm literally handwriting notes and then I'm having to go through my notes. Where the hell's the note about this guy? And there was a stat about him I wanted to use. And I, I couldn't find anything. But I, I just never went electronic that way. But yeah. I, I do like a nice number two pencil. You know, I, don't, I don't have a so pencil sharpener Did you guys anymore. know that, because I, you know, I study psychology, people who actually write things down on like pen, or pa- pen and paper or pencil and paper will remember yeah. them better. Then, um, so that's why there's like a decline when people study because they're using iPads or using phones or using laptops and there is a decline on people remembering stuff. I'm glad you brought this up because I have a separate rant, which is in the restaurant industry in the last 15 years, for whatever reason, big restaurant has decided that the experience customers want is personalized. It has nothing written down. That's not what I want. I want you to write it down so you don't have to ask yep. me twice and come back. Mm-hmm. You don't have to tell me you have a Malbec or you have whatever charcuterie. You could just tell me the restaurant has it and you can write it down. Yeah, but I am impressed when a <laughs> I know server... that because I used to be a server who wrote things down. Oh, dude, but I'm impressed. Like when you tell somebody something like and they're a server and they don't have any notes of any kind and then you tell them and then you're with somebody that has to make alterations to the order. Why are you and- impressed? Because that's that's See, good memory right there. So yeah, what? That that that's a skill that as as a former bartender and server, that's something I prided myself in. I would serve like an eight top, and they would give me their full orders, and they'd be like, "Aren't you going to write it down?" That's and I'd be like, "No." Nope. And, and it's you. one thing. Listen, but but if you can do it and not screw it up, then you get all the praise in the world. And you, if you have the confidence to do that, then do it. Who cares Nobody. if you write it down or not? Be, but be, but I've, I did plenty of times where I didn't write it down and I didn't screw it up, and people were so impressed. You're not understanding what I'm saying. My point is, to what Laura was saying, it has lowered the standard of what people mm-hmm. expect out of other people. All right? If you write it down, you're not going to get it wrong. You don't have to <laughs> waste the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no risk of botching it. I don't care how great you feel in the mirror, not talking about you, but anybody, Stuart Smalley or whatever, just because you didn't write it down. I don't get this from a time management standpoint and a general standpoint. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, Laura, actually, though, I will say, when I, when I write things down, mm-hmm. I remember them mm-hmm. verbatim. Yeah. If I don't write things down, I don't know. But listen, that gets me back to a whole other story, which is I don't know anybody's phone number because I never need their phone number. Because if you say to me, what's Laura's phone number? I go, hold on a second. I'll get it for you. And I give, I go into my phone. I have a grocery store that I go to. And they say, hey, do you have an account with us? And I say, yeah, I do. And they say, well, what's your phone number? And I say, hold on a second, because it's not my phone number. It's my girlfriend's phone number. And I don't have her phone number committed to memory. And I got to go into the phone to get her phone number. How many times to have you done that? For real. I was going to say <laughs> How many times have I gone to the store and done that? Yeah. I mean, how like many times lot. does it take you to remember a phone number? Well, okay. Now, wait a second. That's a different question because the <laughs> you thing should is just I'm... put in 877-710-SPN every time. That's yeah. <laughs> that's a good idea. Ding. Or 555-5555. I mean, I just don't even try to remember phone numbers. Right. 
I only know, like, I mean, I probably know 10 total phone numbers. Total. Like, I know my mom's house mm-hmm. number. I know my, I know my, like, I don't even think I know two out of three of my siblings' cell phone numbers. How about this? Nine. I got four kids. I can tell you, I could, right away, I could tell you my son's phone number, but my three daughters, I it wouldn't even be like an effort. Like, where I'd be like, um, I right, think maybe. It's, like, I have zero idea of no my clue. three daughters' phone numbers. No clue. None. Speaking of phone numbers. Yeah. 877-710-ESPN? No. We'll talk, oh. we'll, we'll talk on the other side about the person <laughs> who tried to get mine. Oh, really? Oh. Yes, you brought oh, it up. Yeah. Oh, I want to talk about this. That's right. I do want to talk oh. about this. All right. Stick around. Um, Clinton has a story that, as far as I know, has not been told on these airwaves about what happened last week when the Lakers were hosting Philadelphia and we show, all showed up in our rompims. We'll get to that story. Yes, we'll get back to your calls. Laura's got what you need to know. All of this is coming up next. This is Sedano and Cap on 710 ESPN.